0: Hello, I am Patrick Schwenk, and I am so thankful that you are listening in with me today at Root Life Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission and the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. You know, I know that I've said this before, but one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is that we get to learn listen to and learn from some pretty amazing people. And today's just another one of those opportunities. And so I'm just really excited because we have another one of those special guests. And we're gonna be talking about her personal story of uh, being a teen mom, uh, of experiencing an abortion at a very young age, but even more importantly, the story of God's healing and redemptive work in her life. And so I just can't wait to share today's episode with you and introduce you to our guest. So let's get started. Well, my guest today is Trisha Goyer. You can read her full bio in our show notes at rootlikefaith.com. But Trisha is a busy mom of ten. She's a grandmother, a wife to John. She's a USA Today best-selling author. She has published seventy books and won all sorts of different literary awards. She's a popular blogger. Um, she's also the founder of Hope Pregnancy Ministries and currently leads a teen MOPS group. In Little Rock, Arkansas. You can connect with her at TrishaGoyer.com. Trisha, welcome to Root Like Faith.
1: Oh, Pat. It's so great to be here. I just love you and Ruth. Ruth is the best, <laughs> I have to say. I agree like, with I you just on have that. So much, so much fun every time I'm with her.
0: No, thank you. She's a keeper. She's a keeper. No, I, I appreciate that. We, as we were saying before we started, we just appreciate you. I, Ruth and I were feeling really good about having written eight books in 10 years. And then when I read in your bio, that you're at seventy books, I'm I'm feeling kind of discouraged. Oh, keep so, going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, thank you very much. We we love you guys and your family is just incredible. And so, I, I know many of our listeners are going to be familiar with you and and just your writing ministry and and have followed along with you and your family. Just the ministry that your family has had over the years. And so, we we just love you guys and and are grateful for um you know your your friendship and ministry. So I'm just really excited to to talk today. I know. I had you know we were talking earlier that, that we did a video for uh for the family almost six or seven years ago, and that feels like another lifetime. And it does. So yeah, I've it's... adopted four kids since then. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute, as they say nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So well, very good. Well, I'm grateful for your time, you know, today. And so again, I think a lot of of our listeners probably are familiar with you and maybe with your blogging or your writing. But for those that, that are not, just take a minute. I mean, we're going to be getting in and talking about your personal story and just you know becoming a, a mom as a teen and your experience of having an abortion and just how God really intervened and brought you know, healing and hope and, and restoration. But for our listeners that maybe are not familiar, just to begin with, tell us a little bit about, about you and, and your family, and then we'll get more into your personal story as we move forward.
1: Sure. So John and I have been married 30 years and we have 10 kids. Um, Or if you were around my kids, they would say 12 because we have two unofficial ones, which I'll explain that in a second. (laughs) So uh, Corey is 31. Um, Leslie is 28. So Corey lives in town. He has four kids. I should mention that. Wonderful wife. Um, Leslie's 28. She's a missionary in the Czech Republic. She has a husband and a baby. And Nathan is 26. He lives in town. He's in college. And then we have a sibling set of four that we adopted. Yeah. Um, they're wow. currently between the ages of 20 and 16. She just turned 16. They're in between the ages of 11 and 15 when we adopted them, all girls. Wow. And then we have <laughs> a sibling group of two that we adopted um, in 2013. They are currently 10 and 13. They were two and five when we adopted them and then our um, little girl is 10 and we got her as a newborn so John and I had three kids we thought we're good we're done and then when our youngest one became a teenager God was knocking on our heart and said you're not done yet (laughs) you're still young I have kids out there that need families and so we adopted um, seven in the span of five years wow and then our two unofficial ones which I mean, if you're buying them Christmas presents and they go on vacation with you, like they're totally <laughs> a fizzle. So the sibling group of four that we adopted, they had an older sister that had aged out of foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was married by the time we met her. But she's totally one of our kids. And um, then one of the teen moms that I started mentoring in 2002, she kind of like adopted herself into our family. <laughs> she would just come over all the time. And when we moved from Montana to Arkansas, she did too. And she lives in town. Um, and she also has three kids and so we have a huge family there's always something going yeah. on there's always something someone that needs you there's always someone to talk to there's always <laughs> someone to play with there's always something knocking on the door hopefully they won't be walking through the door right when we're recording this but there's always yeah. something going on with our family
0: wow I yeah I just I'll just say this for our listeners I'm exhausted just hearing you talk about that like I feel like I'm I need exhausted to have no... all the time. it's <laughs> like, just
1: like exhaustion all the time.
0: I am sure. I, I think our listeners probably want to know like how many cups of coffee do you have a day I'm a, like,
1: Okay, I'm a tea drinker. Your tea, dr- okay. Yeah, okay. I used to drink coffee, but then our teen girls when we adopted them, they would take my coffee and they put a ton of sugar in it and get super hyper. <laughs> so I stopped making it and no one bothers my tea. So hey, that I that was a
0: wise move. From yeah. a coffee
1: drinker to a tea drinker. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is amazing! I, I, I love that. Um, that that is just in, incredible. We'll I'm sure talk more about your family. Um, as we as we continue talking, but just um just incredible. I, you know, um, I remember when we were interviewing or when I was interviewing you six or seven years ago. I was joking that there must be like two or three of you. Uh, just uh, you just think about all you're doing—the writing ministry alone—and then just your involvement uh, with MOPS, and as you're talking about just as a mom and grandmother and mentor, um, just just incredible uh, the grace that God has given you to do uh, what you're doing. And so, just praise God for for that. Um, you know, we're going to be talking about this theme—you know, of how God can redeem our own personal stories and, and use them, you know, in His story in powerful ways. And I think that there's a lot of of Christians who. You know, maybe think about their past, who they used to be five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30, whatever it is, and they, they think about who they used to be, or maybe what they've done in the past, and they, they sometimes just really struggle with, "Can God still use me today uh, because of what I've done or because of, of who I was?" And so as we begin, I'd love for you just to share your personal story of, of pregnancy at a young age, and even your, your story of abortion. I know you've written about this. Mm-hmm. in the past. And so maybe mention for our readers, uh, for our listeners, you know, where they can read more about that. But I'd love for you just to kind of begin there and kind of share that that part of your personal story.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was born to a single mom and she had me, um, you know, when she was in, she was 20 and I didn't never knew my biological dad until I was an adult. Um, it was, you know, right during the Vietnam War, he'd left to go to a four-year college to so he wouldn't be drafted and she was pregnant and couldn't reach him. You know, this is in the early seventies. So, um, things were really different back then. My mom and my grandma became a Christian, um, when I was in second grade, but she was a a really new Christian. And so I I really wasn't raised in a Christian home. My stepdad wasn't a Christian. She was a new believer. So, um, you know, just a lot of not really nurturing in the home. Just wanted that relationship with my stepdad. I really felt like he was there, but not involved. Like I don't remember conversations or him wanting to spend time with me. It was more like, I'm trying to watch this football game, get away from the TV type of thing. And so from that young age, I just felt like I had this hole. I just wanted to be loved and appreciated, which of course there's lots of young guys that will show love and appreciation. I became sexually active at a young age and at 15 years old, found myself pregnant. And even though we went to church, I had never like thought about pregnancy and abortion. And um, this was before like true love weights and all these things. And just my immediate thing was just like, I need to get rid of this. So no mm-hmm. one finds out like I didn't want my grandma to find out and want my schoolmates to find out, I just wanted to be like done with it. And, um, I remember my mom took me, she told me she was taking me to counseling, but it really was Planned Parenthood clinic. Um, and they are, you know, you're young, you have your future ahead of you. It's just scraping away a few cells. You never have to think about it again. And, um, just being there, I was thinking like, yes, I don't want to think about it. I want this to be over. And, um, it, I ended up having an abortion at 15 and just really pushing it out of my mind not trying to think about it. I started drinking at parties Then I started I could see the destructive behaviors was that self-loathing that self that pain and shame trying to like numb what I had done um, I was still with the same boyfriend But we had a very horrible relationship and he was abusive during that time um, but really I just wanted to be loved and I wanted to forget what happened um, and and I found myself pregnant again at 17, same Mm -hmm. boyfriend, but this time I knew I could not go through that again. Like no one could talk me into my, my boyfriend wanted me to have an abortion again. And I'm like, no, there's no way. And so he broke up with me and he had a new girlfriend within a couple of weeks. But it was during that time, um, my mom and my grandma's Bible study group, really reached out to me and I remember I dropped out of regular school I only had a couple credits that needed it was my senior year but I was an honor student so I was just doing my school work at home I was pregnant my friends were gone you know on with their senior year my boyfriend was gone and my mom and my grandma's bible study group they reached out to me they gave me a baby shower I remember the pastor's wife would come and see me and I, I didn't want to talk to her like I just wanted Like I was in depression. Now I could look back and see, I was just so depressed, but I just wanted to sleep. I didn't want to think about it. Um, I just didn't didn't even know what I was going to do with my child. I mean, I knew I was going to keep my child, but I didn't know, like I had no plans for my future. Um, And I remember one day just waking up and I was about six months along and I was thinking about like going to Sunday school and the songs Jesus loves me and all those lessons and my Sunday school teacher, you know, and thinking like, wow, maybe if these women that keep coming visit with me, if they love me still, maybe God does too. And at that moment, I just said, you know, God, I have screwed up my life. If you could do anything with my life, please do. I just felt this like light in my heart and this peace in my heart. And like, I knew that he was there and I knew that it was going to be okay. It was like that. It was like that instant moment. It's like from, I just want to sleep all day and I didn't wow. have any plan for the future to God is going to be with me and it's going to be okay. And I started reading my Bible and going to church and it was, it really wow. was like this transformation of me saying here, take this yeah. mess that I've made and here you go.
0: Yeah, that, that's amazing. I, I just love that um, that story. And, and just, yeah, thank you so much again for, for just sharing that and, and walking through that. I mean, that's just incredible. I couldn't help but, but just think about, you know, you, you talked about, you know, being pregnant at 15. And then of course, you know, going to Planned Parenthood. And you said your, your mom and grandmother took you there. Did my I hear mom, that? My your mom, mom did. Took me, okay. And I
1: think she thought she was like getting counseling. Yeah. Like, right. like they were going to give me options. and But really it was like, no, you need to have an abortion. You're young. It's just like a couple cells, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm like, I know what they talk about. And
0: yeah. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you, you know, you, you were talking about just, you know, going in at 15 and then it, I mean, it sounded like that, that, you know, after that abortion, it's like you knew what you had just done that like, wow, this is, I mean, you, you kind of talked about trying to numb the pain of, of that decision. I mean, is that fair? I mean, you, you live with oh, that absolutely. for for several absolutely. years, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just an incredible story on, on so many different different levels, and I just can't help but I'm, I'm over here in tears just hearing you tell that and just God's goodness and His grace and just thinking about God's patience, you know, oh, with yeah. us and, and just how he, he was there all along and, and just even in those two years as you got pregnant again and just how God then, you know, I mean, it sounds like intervened in a very dramatic way um, and was using people, was using the church, was using your mom, grandmother, you know, that Bible study um, in really powerful ways to to communicate and express his love for you, and just how transformative that was for you,
1: yeah, if it hadn't been for like the people reaching out to me, I wouldn't have believed God's love. Mm. I would have just thought like God's judging me because of what I'd done, but because people were willing to love me, yeah, and people were willing to like at the church have a baby shower for this you know unmarried teenager I mean that made such a huge difference and um, mm. the cool thing is I just want to add this in so. I started praying for a future husband. Like mm. I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna have this baby. And and John and I, I met him at church. So when I started going mm. back to church, and he was the pastor's son, okay. so that pastor's wife like would come over and pray with me, and I wouldn't give her the oh. time I day at first. You know, now is my mother wow. in law. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Um,
1: but I also want to add, like even after, like I fully believed in God and believed He had a, a good future for me, and I, He gave me John. Um, we got married when Corey was nine months old. So I had a son, got married when Corey was nine months old, had two more kids. I still carried that pain and shame Mm. for so many years. And it wasn't until like five years later. Um, I remember going to a a new church. We had moved from California to Montana and going to this church. And it was like one of the very first services we were there. A young woman got up and she was in her twenties and she said, you know, I had an abortion when I was 19. Mm. I'm leading a Bible study for women that had abortion. And first of all, I couldn't even believe that she was like in the front of the church talking about right, that because right. my mom knew because she had been there. My ex-boyfriend knew and I had told John before we got married and they're like the only ones that knew because I was so ashamed of it. And I remember right. even in Bible studies when people would talk about abortion or it got all political or whatever. Right. I just remember like feeling sick to my stomach and like if they knew they would hate me. And so... Mm. To see this young woman standing in front of the church, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. And I knew I wanted to go to that Bible study, but like she announced it probably like four weeks in a row and you need to sign up and there was no list, there was no names on that sign up sheet. <laughs> and it wasn't until the day the Bible study was supposed to start that I ended up calling her. I'd kept the number. I called her. I'm like, I think I need to be there tonight. And she's like, Okay, you know, yeah. it was at the church. I remember walking in that room and there's six other women there mm. and all of them had, had an abortion and just walking in and seeing their faces and, like, exposing myself, the this burden yeah. lifted. Like, yeah. the Bible study continued to bring healing through the coming weeks. But that moment where I walked in there and said, yes, this was me. It was, like, this burden lifted mm-hmm. that I had been carrying around for five years and trying to hide and feeling ashamed and feeling like people would hate me. And we all told our stories and were crying and bawling and hugging each other. And it was just such a freeing thing to finally confess that to other people. Yeah. I, I mean, I totally came home a new wife and a new mom just from yeah. that, even that first day.
0: That's amazing. I, I love I'm so glad that you, you added that and shared that. Cause I think it is so important. You know, when you think about, and, and you know, the statistics of, of the number of women, I mean, in churches that have experienced abortion. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes we, we can sometimes, you know, Talk about not we're, we're scared to talk about abortion um either from the pulpit or just in general because we're we're afraid of of hurt um you know or or sort of uh, exposing the hurt that maybe a woman has experienced because of an abortion five ten fifteen twenty years ago but I've always felt like that that if we if we don't talk about that, what we're really robbing a, a woman of is is the healing that's available yeah. right and and so you know obviously we need to to speak on that in in very caring, compassionate, compelling ways, but but what's at stake is um, is certainly the life of of the preborn, but also the healing of of countless moms who've you know had an abortion or are still living under the, the crippling effects of of guilt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I remember. The first time I felt I was supposed to share my story, so I was supposed to be the one. I, like, argued with God. Like, yeah. I do not need to get in front of this church. <laughs> I'd like to but pass, remember, yeah. Yeah, I remember standing on my, my knees were shaking. My stomach was – and that was really my first public speaking thing, which mm. is just crazy in itself. But, I mean, I did not want to do it. And I remember as I shared my story, like, I could see the women's faces, like – all around the church i could see that it was them too and afterwards mm. sure enough i mean some didn't come up to me right afterwards but you know later they would come up to me and talk to me and i ended up starting a post abortion bible study and then they these other women found healing too so like my healing and sharing my story connected with other people and then they've been healed and like one of the ladies she had an abortion 30 years prior mm. and she has been leading bible study so this was in 2000 man 2001 when she first came to my Bible study she's continued to lead Bible studies all these years like God has continued to use her so it's just like we don't want to share our stories but when we do we give hope to others we can offer healing to others and then they can offer healing to others and it's like the the ripple effect of what God can do when we're willing to step out and, and, and believe that he does forgive us and that really was me just realizing like I did this and God still forgives me. Like Jesus's death covered this too. And, you know, yes, it's like horrible. And yes, if I could go back, I would change it. But God forgives me and I can walk in that freedom.
0: Yeah. So good. I, you know, I know you touched on this a little bit already, but, but let's go back just a minute and talk about, you, you really talked about the different people in your life that, that, you know, early on were, were again, you know, Jesus's hands and feet, they were, they were tangible expression of, you know, of God's love for you. And so, I mean, just, you know, kind of go back and and share, I mean, what, what were some of those things that people did for you that that you still today now as a mom and as a grandmother remember that was so important and meant so much to you as a teen mom?
1: Yeah. I mean, for, um, women to like buy baby gifts for me, you know, like, (laughs) <laughs> to celebrate my baby. Mm. Um, and we had a baby shower, you know, before the, sh- the, um, before he was born, I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. And then afterwards, you know, they would come and visit and they would come and see me and they would bring another gift and they would like celebrate my baby. So even though you know he was born out of wedlock, he was still someone to be celebrated. And I think yeah. that was super, super, um, important to me. And just the fact that, like, no one condemned me or said anything to me, like, mm. when I came to church or yeah. would look differently at me. Now, that wasn't true, like, at the grocery store, people would give mm. me looks or I would get comments and people would say things. But within the church walls, everyone was kind and everyone, you know, wanted to know about the pregnancy and about the baby yeah. and they gave me encouragement. I think that helped me um, so much. And then, even when John was interested in dating me, I mean, I was a young teen mom and his parents, they had seen the transformation. Like I started coming back to church and I had, they had seen the change in me and they're like, yeah, you should take her out. And yeah. they could have said, no, we wanted something different from you. Or, I mean, he was a virgin. He had yeah. been in the military and had been led yeah. Bible studies and he was a leader in the church. And like, they could have easily said like, this is not who we want you to date, but they like totally embraced me too. You know? So yeah. It wasn't just the church people, but even John's parents were yeah. so gracious to me as my mother-in-law. I mean, yeah. um, I love her so much. And I'm so thankful that she was that type of person because you hear about these mother-in-laws and she's never been condemning. I mean, mm. she's it's, which is such a blessing to me. Yeah.
0: Oh, that is so good, and I, you know, likely there's going to be uh, listeners who've either you know had an abortion, or they they might pass this episode on to uh, to friends or family members that maybe are outside the church and they're not currently following Jesus. And so I think what you said is so powerful um, as it relates to just how amazing the, the people of God really are, how amazing the church is, because I think sometimes in our culture. Um, you know, we have this, this, not that the church is perfect <laughs> by any means, um, but sometimes there's this false narrative in our culture that, that the church is going to judge you and they are going to condemn you, that, that you're going to you know, just have to walk through this on your own. And, and I'm sure that there are examples of that that exist in, in the world um, you know, as it relates to, to the church. But I just love what you share, just how the church wrapped her arms around you. Mm-hmm. and loved you and and met practical needs and didn't condemn you and so I just I want to make sure that that point is not missed for for listeners that maybe will be uh you know tuning in for the first time who maybe are struggling with uh, not only their view on abortion but just their view of the church and so I just think that's such a powerful reminder of just how good God's people are and how gracious um you know God is and how gracious his people are so I really appreciate you sharing that I mean I, you know in what ways has your personal story and just the experience of of being loved and ministered to as a teen mom and, and I mean how has that compelled you now? Cause you're very involved. I mean you guys, I mean you're sharing your story of how you've adopted and you're you've been a mentor. You you, you know you lead team mops. I mean there's all sorts of things that you're doing and involved in. And so how has your personal story and what you know, seemed like, you know, something in your past that you just couldn't wrap your mind around how God would possibly bring any good out of that. I mean, how has that experience, your personal story, really been redemptive and, and really compelled you to minister and serve other people?
1: Yeah. Well, at first it started with, um, you know, we, I helped start um, Hope Pregnancy Center in Montana, which is so cool now because it's still going. They have a clinic now. They do free pregnancy tests and ultrasounds and Mm -hmm. STD testing. I mean, this is, they have a mobile unit that goes on to Native American uh, reservations. So I'm not even in Montana, but just knowing that, you know, I was one of three women that helped start that. It's because once I realized like, oh, there is hope and we can be there for people and you know, we can give them encouragement. We can share our stories. We can give them resources. It just, I wanted to get involved doing that. And then even with teen moms, you know, I live there in Montana or here in Arkansas. It's just, they need to know that someone's there, and we'll celebrate with them. And you know, yeah. yes, here's a package of diapers, and let me tell you about Jesus, just in that way. But it's it's interesting because it even impacted our home. So our oldest adopted daughter, she's 20 now. Um, she was away at college, and um, she had an unplanned pregnancy, mm. and so you know we found out when she was pretty far along, and I'm like. Why did you wait so long? She's like, Well, I know you would love me. I just was embarrassed to tell you. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think one of the things I do want to mention is working in the pregnancy center. Sometimes kids that do go to church are the most vulnerable for abor- abortion abortion mm. because, like, for me, I didn't want my grandma to know. Like she right. was my church going grandma. I didn't want her to find out. I didn't want my schoolmates, but I think sometimes we think like if it's a pastor's kid, if it's a whatever, you know, our parents go to church, they know better, they, you know, or whatever, they're more vulnerable. We found that a lot in the pregnancy center because they don't want people to find out. And so just talk to your kids and let them know, you know what, I have made mistakes. It might not have been the same mistakes, but in my life, I've made mistakes. Your dad's made mistakes. You know, everyone's made mistakes. If you ever find yourself in a situation, no, we'll still love you. We're going to be here for you. And we might be, we might be shocked at the beginning. We might be even a little angry, whatever, but know (laughs) that we're going to be here for you. And I, I like to tell parents that because even our daughter, like she would go and volunteer with me at the teen mom support group. And she still had a hard time telling me because, um, and my grandson's almost a year old now. So we're so thankful for him, but kids need to know, like, we are going to love them. And um, you know, we're not going to kick them out or I mean, yeah, whatever, yep. <laughs> whatever their worries are that we are going to be there for them. But really just, um, you know, for those who maybe have this in the in the past to realize, like, God can do amazing things with your life. Like, don't feel like you've done too much for God to use you wherever you are. God can use you. He has a good plan for you. He can yeah. use your story. Um, and, and don't feel like that is, has to keep you bound, um, for the rest of your life. Cause amazing things can happen if you're willing to just turn it over to him and, and he does forgive you.
0: Yeah. I love that. It's, I want to ask you one, one last question. I know you, you've touched on it a little bit already. You were just talking about, you know, what you would say to, to somebody who, you know, either has experienced an abortion or maybe they have a friend or a family member that that's in that place right now. They're, they're struggling um they they know um that they've maybe they have a, a daughter, son, or a daughter or you know, a granddaughter, whatever it is, and, and they are in that situation that you were in as a fifteen year old or a seventeen year old. And you've kind of touched on that already, but but what would you say to that person who who knows a, a classmate or a friend or a family member that is um in that place that you were in?
1: Yeah, and I I'd would, would say really just consider how you can be the hands of feet of Jesus to them. Yeah. I mean we see over and over in scripture, um, Jesus was, you know, with the prostitutes, the sinners, the tax collectors. Like that's who he was drawn to because he just wanted to show the love of God. And and Jesus was representing God to earth and that's our job now. Like we are representing Jesus to the earth. And so think about like if Jesus was here, what would he do? He'd be over there, he'd be talking to them, yeah. he would be supporting them, he would be loving them and you know yes if people are living how they shouldn't be like jesus addressed that too but only after he like let them know how much he loved them how much he was there for them so it is it is all about um just showing and representing jesus's love to people And, and they once they see that you love them Um, and you could build that relationship. Then you could talk about the other stuff and you could share from your personal experiences, but you know, don't go with condemnation, go with love and (laughs) everything will work out from there.
0: (laughs) No, I think that's such an important reminder to, you know, like you said, always, always lead with love Mm -hmm. and, um, and, you know, move out from a place of, of compassion. I just love what you had said earlier that, that there really is hope. There really is healing. And I just think that there's nothing like the gospel. There's nothing like the good news of, um, just, you know, God's kindness and, and his goodness, his faithfulness and, and his forgiveness. And so I, I just, I think it's such a reminder that that if you have somebody that's listening today, if you're listening, like God is for you, there's nobody on the planet that is more for you than Jesus is. And he loves you. He knows what you've walked through. He knows what you're in the middle of right now. And um, he, he sees you through the eyes of love and there is healing, there's restoration, there's hope when we come to him and confess that sin he, he promises to cleanse us and to forgive us and to restore us and to redeem us and as you've been talking about even use our story in his story in really powerful ways and and your life has just been such an example of that and so i just want to thank you again for um you know sharing your story and it is just so so inspiring i know it's going to be a great encouragement to our listeners now, really quickly, you I know you've written about this in the past, but what is the book? Is it Walk It Out? Is that the book where yeah. you talk most about it? Okay. Yeah, right. so
1: Walk It Out, it really is just times where, you know, and it's all um, the radical result of living God's word one step at a time. It's where you look at God's word and it says, okay, you are forgiven. And then walking yeah. that out, like walking yeah. out that you are forgiven, you know, walking out that God has good plans for you. Um, and so really it is following my story with my crazy big family and how (laughs) how just taking those steps of faith, um, and believing what God's word says does bring radical transformation to our lives.
0: Yeah. But we will link to that book in the show notes along with your bio and, uh, where people can connect with you on Facebook and Instagram and at TrishaGoyer.com. And so Trisha, thank you again. Uh, we just love you guys. Thank you for your continued example. And so just really appreciate you taking the time to be on Root Like Faith today.
1: Thank you, Pat. It's been great being here.
0: Well, thank you very much. And as always, you can go to our show notes on rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And as if I don't say it enough already, we are just so thankful that you are joining us and we welcome you uh, into our family here at Root like Faith. And so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode.